Hello. Um, welcome to Bang Bang Podcast. Um, episode four. Five. Four? Five. 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 Four. This is episode four. Um, and my name's Andy. You um, you might hang on, go on. We're gonna say something. That's the whole point of me fucking being here is saying something, isn't it? I'm part of the podcast. Sorry, yeah. It's inevitable that at some point (laughs) I'm gonna fucking say something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wasn't sure when you're coming in. Um, You might know me. I'm one of um, for the last twenty years. I've been one of South Gloucestershire's most uh, prolific five and seven aside footballer, uh, playing for the um, locally well-known Swiss Tonys. our last major honour was the we won the um, Downend Seven Aside Outdoors uh, Challenge Cup. Um, I was in goal for that game though. I've been in goal for um, for a few months after uh, having a few issues with my uh, with my heart. Go back uh, about a year ago. Um, yeah, they found out you didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm now fully recovered. You'll be glad to know, and I'm able to run around. Um, well, run around, stroll around the pitch, getting angry and trying to foul people 20 years younger than me. Basically, um, the Halifax advert where they were going on about walking football with all those granddads, <laughs> he's basically at that stage now. Not demeaning walking football at all. No, there's some nothing wrong with walking football. He's doing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you may, you may have seen me around doing that. Um, and obviously, I'm joined by my colleague Steve, who really interrupted my. Uh, Brief summary of my recent football career earlier on. If you want to, you know. No, I don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were, to... you were, you were banging on about me actually. Yeah. Talking well, earlier on, I get a feeling that you don't want me to talk, so I won't fucking. Okay. Bother. Okay. So. I'm drinking wine tonight, rather than normal. European... You're drinking wine tonight. I'm drinking port. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we normally drink. I normally drink Heineken, really poor quality lager. Well, Andrew drinks stuff that you could drive home on after eight cans. It's um, it's all it's all down to personal choice, isn't drink it? Drink responsibly. Do do it responsibly, though. Do do it responsibly. Um, so this really is our is our Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, it's our Christmas do, isn't it? It's um, it's oh, going to be coming out the week just before tablets. Christmas. Steve's just taking his medication before we get going. Yeah, I'm diabetic. Some people got. Yeah, I'm drinking port. It's quite sweet. Yeah. So I got to drink responsibly. You got yeah. My diabetic medication. Have you got gout as well? No, not yet. Gout. Not yet. No. If you live long enough, you might you might develop gout. There's no there's no uh, no guarantee I'm going to live long enough, is there? God. Well. Um, so on that, do you know, do on that on, cheerful festive on that method, note, do you know anybody who's got gout at the moment? I, um, I do know a couple of people who you? are prone to gout. Yeah, yeah. In my in my actual um, working paid profession, yeah, I bet you do. I do meet a lot of people who've got who've got gout. We're um, both in the caring profession. We're both our prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, we're both, we <laughs> no. both care for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. We're both so, in the caring profession. Um, I thought I had gout once. Did you? I did. Yeah, but it turned out I'd um, wind. No, I had a bunion instead. That's not even fucking close. No, but it's the same sort of area, isn't it? Toes. <laughs> no, Jesus Painful toe. Christ. I thought I might have gout. So but bunions are no laughing matter, They're by certainly the way. not no bunions. No, I've no. also had plantar fasciitis as well, which is no laughing matter at all. And that impacted on my football career. That uh, the, the made you even more 
mediocre than very painful. we first thought. Very painful plantar fasciitis. Bunions um, are, because I've been on a ward when, well. when post-surgery, yeah. and everybody has just said that I wouldn't have had that done if no. I'd known how well, painful Well, touch wood, I'll never have to have... I mean, I, I've taken a few blows on my, on my bunion. Um, <laughs> That's not a metaphor for anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were going to call the podcast a few blows on the bunion, but we, yeah, we decided not to. But touch wood, as we stand at the moment, my bunion and my plantar fasciitis are... Uh, uh, not giving me any drip, so so there we are. So um, for the people that wrote in and give us a lot of f- feedback, wanting to know about our the state of our feet, that kind of thing. I hope that's yeah. We have we've had a few had, questions. We've had a few emails over the over yeah. the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah. One thanking us for an insightful uh, view into the life of people like Mick Foley and the Mighty Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, but three of them out of the five that we've received have commented on the state of our the possible state of our feet yeah they were just inquiring really we're glad to at least update you on Andy's yeah next week we'll be doing our um livers livers uh and we'll sort of go through each body part as 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 the podcast goes on so what we predominantly came together to do and what we come together most weeks to do is to talk about a legend of wrestling um uh, and get drunk at the same time. And get drunk, yeah, yeah. So, so if you've uh, if you've not, if this is the first time you're coming across this podcast, as we say every week, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on in your life to you know uh, to come across the podcast at this point? But if it is, then I urge you to go back and listen to our previous episodes. We've had uh, a two-parter about Mick Foley, um, and we did an episode about the Mighty Hercules. And then last week, um, we detailed the life and times of the Honky Tonk Man. Um, and they've all gone down very well. We've had some good feedback from that. Uh, but this week, we're going to cover probably a bit more of a serious wrestler, would you say? Not so yeah. much of a gimmicky kind of comedy. This guy's, you know, up until recently, I didn't really know a lot about this guy. My main sort of. Uh, Vision this guy has been like Ric Flair's best mate and just being an older guy hanging around the scenes and didn't really know too much about his actual active wrestling career and didn't actually see many of his uh, matches until recently. Me Um, being an older guy suggested him because I've been a big fan for a long time. Brought up in the twin worlds of WWE and WCW, NWA back in the day. Um, I'm a big fan of him as a singles wrestler, as a tag team wrestler, and as part of the best faction in modern day wrestling, the Four Horsemen. Yep. Um, it's my Poor pleasure Roma. Yeah. to talk about <laughs> um, the enforcer, Double A, Arn Anderson. Yeah, so Arn Anderson this week. Um, we'll start off like we do most weeks. Um, with a, a look at his early life, so Aaron Anderson. Was aren't you gonna? Born. Aren't you gonna see? Aren't you gonna see whether his actual real name? Well, I'm just gonna do that now. Come good as a, a proper. We're gonna do that now. Name. We're gonna do that now. So Aaron I'm Anderson. Just was, it. Yeah, don't come on. <laughs> Aaron Anderson was born on the September the twentieth in nineteen fifty-eight. Um, a couple of months after my mum was born. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and he was born Martin Anthony Lundy. Lundy. Now I've never really been sure about how to pronounce, but it's Lundy. Definitely yeah. Lundy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really much of a wrestler name, is it? No. Because again, it's, you spend. It's a it's a weird Scandinavian butcher's yeah. name. Yeah, and he does look looking. He does look a bit Scandinavian, doesn't he? What do you think? He's got blonde hair. It's weird. Arn Anderson has got one of those hairs yeah. that appears to be orbiting around his head yeah. rather than actually attached to his head. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre hairdo. It's just sort of candy. It's very similar to mine. But mine's Float. orbiting no, you're, several you're, thousand feet above. You, above you my have head no hair. Up in the sky. He had that weird sort of candy floss yeah, wispy. above the hair. Wisp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Martin Anthony Lundy. Um, so yeah, not much of a wrestling name really. No. 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 But he started wrestling in nineteen eighty two. No. Um working in the mid south area uh under Bill Watts, that's kind of era. Um and then moved to a kind of offshoot of NWA, which was Southeastern Championship Wrestling. And it's it's, first... it's it's Ron and Robert Fuller's yeah. territory in Florida. Um, what was he known as? One of his first wrestling names? Mr. Olympia. Super Olympia. Super Olympia. Super Olympia. He teamed with Mr. Olympia. Uh, Mr. Olympia, who was Jerry Stubbs. Now, apparently... Stubbsy! Good Stubbsy! I did a bit of more research into Jerry Stubbs, you know, on my... I had a spare five minutes. You, you really do need to fill your life <laughs> up with, with more, I, I feel. Well, now, apparently, he used to be called... Um, Something like Mr. Perfect or uh, The Perfect or something like that. Or He had Perfect in his name. And folklore goes, it might just be that Jerry Stubbs made this up. <laughs> but there is, there is folklore that he actually suggested a name to Kurt Enig. Mr. Perfect. He didn't have any say in that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I just met, I've, met, I've read that somewhere. It was, it was Vince McMahon. But maybe Jerry Stubbs told Vince McMahon. Oh, did he fuck? <laughs> He might have done, but I've read that somewhere. Oh well, citation on, needed on load of bullshit. Citation needed. Fuck yeah. So that's what you're gullible. I mean, you Andre know, the Giant was actually only five foot two. Do your research, people. Have a look. Have a look and check that out. And if anyone can clarify that and uh, confirm that, then you're get in touch with us. Deluded as Andrew. Get in touch with us. Yeah. So he was in Ron Fuller's stud stable. <laughs> And he won the Southeastern Tag Team titles with Mr. Olympia, Jerry Stubbs, who apparently gave Kurt Hennig the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they both wore masks. And this is, again, something else I found out recently. So they, they, when they split up, they had a feud. And they, the first time they wrestled was a kind of mask versus mask match. And Mr. Olympia lost... So he had to Unmasked. become perfect Jerry Stubbs there perfect. Are. And then they wrestled again in where uh, Super Olympia's mask was on the line. And then Super Olympia lost. So um, he had to wear a mask. And then apparently, so the story goes, they then started wearing um, pan matching Panama hats to the rig. <laughs> Looking at me like I'm making all this up. I've done some research, mate. I've done some research. This isn't what I like to you. This is this is this is real. This that is real. Have you never be, heard that before? That has gotta be possibly the lamest 
blow off to a few. Well, I mean, they both lost really important mask versus mask yeah. matches. Um, winner wears a crap hat match. But they both wore it. They both started wearing utter, Panama hats. And say there's a tag nonsense. team. Um, I guess the I guess the Fullers had a surfeit of maybe hats. At the maybe time. the stud stable was a men's outfitters as well. And yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. were providing. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I can't. I didn't. I didn't what's, know. The, what's the word for a, somebody who... Uh, what, who makes hats? Yeah. I don't know. That's if you'd like to get in touch with us and tell us what <laughs> somebody makes hats. We we have phones here, so we have we the could internet look, at our disposal. That's cheating, isn't it? But, that is cheating. Yeah, yeah. But we can't yeah. be bothered. No, not really. No, that's more the point, yeah. It's not cheating, <laughs> this is can't be fucking bothered, yeah. Um, and then in his run in uh, South Eastern Championship Wrestling, this is where he first made acquaintance with a... Um, a young man a young by the man. name of Richard Morgan Fleer. Yeah, who he'd go on and have a bit of a storied history with. Um, so he'd move in, yeah, go on. Do you, uh, basically, the old territory system yeah. um, in the NWA, your champion would get selected dates in each of the territories because he'd have to defend the title, and he came to Southeastern Championship Wrestling and, and then met and got on yeah. like a house on fire with... The not yet Oren Anderson. You could see why, looking back at that system, I worked where you had the NWA and they, it was like a committee of different bookers and owners of yeah, territories. Yeah, they'd vote for who they wanted as yeah. champion and then they'd... they'd... The, Ric Flair was the perfect guy to go round, start a feud with a local guy. Well, they all did, didn't they? Yeah, Jerry and then Briscoe. He'd lose to the guy in a non-title race, match or something Story like that. Junior, and then he'd, Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was good. I mean, it was a good, a good system, good and, and without sounding too much like Jim Cornette, yeah, um, which it, we... it was a system that worked. But yeah. it it's it doesn't work in today's. No, no. But I mean, the wrestling. off the off TV. So especially in this country, there's lots of different. I say this country. I mean, uh, Great Britain. Well, we're still Great Britain, aren't we? At the moment. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> at, this at time, time of, of writing. At time of recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's different um, independent wrestling organisations over the, the 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 course of the British Isles, and there's certain guys that will wrestle for Progress Fight Progress. Club Pro. Even in Bristol, OTT, I know ICW Chaos in Bristol, but it's, I think Pro. they're they're about to. I think they're having their last show in February. Um, That'll probably be at somewhere grandiose like Southmead Youth Club. No, 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 no. Let's not. Let's not. They've they've liked a few of our tweets. So let's not. Let's be nice to the chaos. No, no, thing. I'm not. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with Southmead Youth Club. You live in Southmead. I, I used to frequent Southmead Youth Club a lot. They do have yeah. wrestling in it, which is the reason I bought it. Yeah, up. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, what was my point? I don't know. No, Were you right. making a point? No, no. I'm, it I was, was vaguely alluding to the territories. Yeah, and so. there, there is there is apparently in this country. No, forget There's it. There's not. No. 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 Uh, so in uh, eighty four, back to back to Warren, back to Warren Anderson. Hey, so we're back in the room. <laughs> uh, so he eighty four, eighty five. He started in sort of Jim Crockett promotions, which led to being kind of. NWA, WCW, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Mid Atlantic was good. Yeah, there's some some great. There's some great they got, is that on the network? Mid Atlantic. It is Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Catch it on WWE Network um, mm-hmm. if you get a chance. All that DMS archive will, stuff yeah. is they've they've got a lot yeah. of the Mid Atlantic, yeah. Mid South, NWA, 
Yeah, if you've they, not got the are, network... They are talking. Yeah. They are talking of sort of... There's going to be three tiers on the... Uh, this is going away from this, but yeah. I, I think this is important. Yeah. There's an entry-level free WWE network, I've, which I've, doesn't yeah. show... Which won't show a lot. A lot of, like, sort of more of the backstage yeah. stuff. Um, the normal, as you've got it today, nine ninety nine. Yeah. Buys you the lot, and then there's like a a gold, mm. a gold. Well, but they're talking about a, a next level up with like fourteen ninety nine, yeah, which will give you access to a lot of American PWG evolve possibly um, yeah. over here ICW and Progress. Which sorry guys means that I'll be upgrading this and cancelling my subscription of Progress. But I'm sure they're getting money for it if it's part of their platform. Yeah, they seem to be. I know, obviously, there's going to be a tie, so, in, and that probably is half the reason that Jim. Well, yeah, he's Smallman's gone full time with the WWE. Yeah. I should imagine that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he he's, but he produces. Well, he's involved with NXT UK, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, hello, Jim. If you if, if you're listening. Here. You're a good man, Jim. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. Missed for from, a less for a less than missed from progress, but uh, and the podcast. I used to enjoy the podcast as well. Um, yeah, Tuesday night, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not sure about baseball, but they'll, so. they'll be, people. Yeah. yeah, he's old. He's the same age as me, I think. Forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he's. he's Can you imagine me in a baseball cap? I, I, I prefer you in a baseball cap to be honest so you don't have to have the light glinting off your bald head to be fair I think I wore a baseball cap once do they do it in super bucket size well I had a, I think I, when I went to watch the uh, the Simpsons film when that was released I went to the cinema to watch that I had a yeah, massive I spot on my head so I wore a, like in the middle of my head Look, looking like a nipple in the, middle, in the middle of my head literally and I wore a baseball cap to that to the uh, cinema to see that although obviously we were in the dark so it wouldn't really make much difference no one could have seen but someone said to me that I look like uh, an Italian football hooligan and then uh, someone else said to me it looked like I had um, special needs yeah yeah I'd go so, with both of those to be honest you know there we are um, so uh, in um, in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling uh, they the the bookers there whether it was Crockett or I don't know who it was but they noticed that he it was, was I think it was uh, Junkyard Dog had a hand in this didn't yeah he? I bet it did so they 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 looked at him and thought well you look a lot like one of our existing wrestlers who was not Junkyard Dog uh, no, I didn't know he looks nothing <laughs> like Junkyard Dog uh, it does look like Ole Anderson yeah yeah now Ole Anderson that's not Ole Anderson's real name is it. No, is is is. What's Ole Anderson's real name? As we, <laughs> my phone's on charge, so oh. Ole Anderson's real name isn't. Now, I, I'll hold my hand up. Now, I've until about six months ago, I was always under the impression that they were actually brothers or genuine related because they do look a lot alike. Um, Alan Rogowski. Yeah, which I put like as a wrestler name, Alan Rogowski. No. No. Okay. Polish heavyweight champion. Yeah, you can see him in NXT, can you? Alan Rogowski? Uh, they, 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 they'd lose his name. He'd just be Rogowski after Rogowski, about yeah. three weeks. Yeah, or Alan. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> <laughs> like Pele. Making his Alan. way to the ring. Yeah, Alan. Alan. 
<laughs> With somebody playing the trumpet in the background. They go, fucking, you've lost the wrong yeah. name. It's a good chant, though. Alan. Alan. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we did look a lot like Ole Anderson, Alan Rogowski. Um, and apparently they had similar wrestling styles as well. No nonsense, both of them, yeah. really. Yeah, so they kind of... I think Ole Anderson had previously been in a tag team called the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. With Gene Anderson. With Gene Anderson. Who Ole was... His real name. Ole was a replacement for Lars Anderson. Mm-hmm. The original Minnesota Wrecking Crew were um, Lars and Gene Anderson. Yeah. Gene Anderson remote, renowned for his handshake. Was he? Yeah, he, he knew pressure points in the hand, and if you shook his hand, he really? could make the largest man... Fall to his knees. He was uh... now. At this point, I scheduled in a joke about Angry Anderson, the uh, Australian. Why don't we singer. play a game? <laughs> <laughs> if only been a couple of weeks Anderson. ago. If only been a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then I was going to do a good five minutes about how great uh, suddenly was the song by Angry Anderson, which was featured during Scott and Charlene's wedding in Neighbours back in the late eighties. But it turns out that. Recently, um, his son got murdered, murdered quite uh, graphically well, murdered, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, which was on the news. He's but, a horrible right wing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but I Rose didn't know Tattoo that. were like in the vein yeah. of ACDC. They were good in the day, Rose Tattoo. But that, well, that was Angry, Angry Anderson. Yeah, and he was in Mad Max um, Beyond Thunderdome. Was he? That was all. They were all Australian, weren't they? Mel Gibson's Australian, didn't they? Yeah, and a racist. And a racist. Maybe there's a theme. A theme in there. There are a lot of. I can't remember Max Ramsey in Neighbours. He was. I. He, I think he was racist. I don't fucking know. I didn't no? watch Neighbours. No, this was. We're talking probably thirty years ago. I didn't and watch the rest. Then. I mean, so God. I was. I was looking. If we wouldn't have got this podcast off the ground, I would like to do a podcast recapping every episode of Neighbours from the beginning. Or Brookside. I'd like to have done that. But uh, you can't I, really get I access to... I have nothing to do with him. No. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Would you? I would have loved to do that, yeah. yeah. Well, I might still do it. Yeah, fucking... To, to quote uh, the favourite chant, uh, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. You don't well, I thought you were gonna... know what you're <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to... You don't yeah. know what you're doing. I thought you were going to go back to the Australian theme and tell me to go fuck myself. But, uh, like, yeah. yeah. You want... Yeah. <laughs> That'll make more sense next week. It will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he took Gene Anderson's place in the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. And he was um, in storyline. He was supposed to be Ole Anderson's nephew. Yeah, or at various times his, his brother. Yeah, I always thought they were, I, I thought they were brothers. Um, yeah, so they won their first NWA tag titles in 85. That was the national... NWA National Tag Team Championship. He's a world tag team and national national tag team running at the same time. Did they in NWA? Yes, I think think they were. Um, That went sort of in 1986, the national tag team. Yeah, they got rid of it. Um, But they brought back the US Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I can remember watching, yeah. 1987, which they almost exclusively had round the wastes of uh, the Midnight Express. Yeah, yeah. But our first title win, they... um, they wrestled at Starcade 85 against Wahoo McDaniel and Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack, a bunch of zoomers well, if there ever was one. 
I've watched this match a few times. I, again, a bloke I had very little knowledge of at all until about six months ago. It was Billy Jack Haynes. Mad, mad a as beast. a balloon these days. Beast. Mad as a balloon these days. Yeah, we mentioned him in a Hercules podcast when he wrestled Hercules at WrestleMania... Three. Uh, yeah, which would have been after this. Yes. Like in 85. Yeah, yeah. After this. And again, it, I, we mentioned in the Hercules podcast, but if you go back and watch that match, just, it warrants watching, if, if just for the blade job at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he basically, Brilliant. he bleeds like a stuffed pig all over the ring. A savage blade job. Stuck pig, not a stuffed and pig. A stuffed pig? Stuck pig. I thought it was a stuffed pig. No, it's I've always stuck. said it'd be like a stuffed pig. Stuck pig. Like a stuck pig. Yeah. Stuck something in a pig. I've been saying that the wrong. I use that yeah. probably in in again in our in our line of work. I use that phrase quite quite regularly. I've been using it wrong. Yeah, it's not a stuffed pig. No, it's a stuck. Pig. <laughs> oh God! Look it up. I will. I'm like, yeah, when my phone's charged up. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, and then just one more thing, notable thing to mention about that match is Stark at eighty five. I'm pretty sure Wahoo Daniels wearing a wig. I think he just so, badly re-overdyed his hair black. Did he? Yeah, I mean... It's awful. It there probably aren't many wrestlers... If, if, if you, if you, if, well, wrestler is, wrestlers are known for vanity. Yeah. <coughs> but I think he just dyed his hair... Are there any wrestlers that we know that... Ever, well, obviously, Kurt Angle wore a wig... Didn't but it, got... in comedic yeah fashion. yeah yeah but nobody it'd be difficult I, to not, wear I'm a not wig. aware of it I, I'm not no. I don't think it would bloody it would stay on if you wore a wig not really no no although Hulk Hogan wore a wig um, because he was shooting a film and did a pay-per-view in that wig yeah did he yeah yeah did he <laughs> uh, well in the Hollywood Hogan it's Hogan of the NWO oh in the NWO oh yeah, yeah well yeah. I mean he could have I think he doesn't say a lot for his working. If he could keep a wig, not really. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't taking a lot of bumps in that match then, in case his wig fell off. Um, so yeah, so the team of Aaron and Oli eventually, yeah, eventually eighty five, eighty six, sort of time. They started getting involved in feuds and aligning themselves with Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard, who were. Two of the biggest single stars at the time. Yeah, they're, they're both heels. Um, arrogant heel Ric Flair and prick heel Tully Blanchard, yeah. who for my money was the fucking best heel he, yeah, of, again, of his generation. Back, he was he, he, he was a he was what, just uh, he, he was just an asshole. Yeah, and what a shame. We'll get to, we'll get to it eventually. But the, yeah. the Tully Blanchard story is is probably a quite it's quite a sad story and. It was sort of comeuppance for Tully at the yeah, time because yeah. his character of the prick heel was not too far away no, from it him. No, it seems in, like it was fairly yeah real life. He yeah. didn't have a very good reputation backstage with the boys. No, um, to the point of getting he was such an asshole one time. The Jim Crockett private plane um, that used to ferry the top line guys around, and he was obviously a top line guy. He got yeah. fucking chucked off of that for being a prick. <laughs> so. Only one other person got chucked off that plane was Sam Houston, who was going out with Baby Doll. Oh, Sam Houston! They're like a—I can remember in WWE, he was like a sort of cowboy character, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was with NWA before. He's Jake Snake Roberts' brother. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so they they were teaming up in six eight man 
six-man tag matches, eight-man tag matches with the likes of the Road Warriors and Sting and Rock and Roll Express, Magnum TA, Dusty, that kind of period where those guys were the main faces in, in NWA. Um, and then Iron won, uh, for the first time in 86, he won a TV title, which became quite synonymous with Iron Anderson over the years. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was his title when he was... When he was a singles wrestler. So, again, I'm fairly unfamiliar with the details of this kind of area. So that was that was defended on TV every week. Strangely enough, was it? Pretty much. I know it, was either, back the... it was either. If it if it was not the headline match, because yeah. you but you might have something that was further in a top line feud. Mm. It was always for a 15 minute time limit. Yeah. 15 minute time limit um, match. If it was the if it was the um, main match, it yeah. was um, to the end of TV time yeah. limit. So which is what AEW done recently a few times of have TV time limits, end of matches, that kind of thing. And storyline wise, no, you don't watch AEW. But let's not. We don't. It. It's Christmas. So let's not get into that. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Um, but all again, you tiny, tiny wrestlers that, and all petite wrestlers. That helps. Merry Christmas. That in storyline wise, if you need a, a a finish, it's a device to get a get a finish. And you can story. tell it's Dusty Rhodes' son doing well, the book. There we are. There we are. Maybe maybe that's true. Yeah. Always are the best. They do say, sir. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, I that I don't know. I mean that. I think. Especially at the moment in WWE where you've got a situation on Raw where in the past couple of years, the guy who's been the main champion, the world champion, doesn't really appear on TV. Well, you, it's been in the grasp of bloody Brock Lesnar. That's what I'm saying. He, so if you had off, something like a, a TV title, which you knew would be defended every week, like in the past where you had, I think when Cena was US champion... And he'd do like an open challenge every week. And you know there'd be a, a title match every week. And it'd be a good match. There was times when I think Kevin Owens turned up and Sami Zayn and Neville. And and every week you knew that Cena was coming out. And it was going to be a title match guaranteed every week on TV. And again, that can only, I think, lend gravitas to the title. Uh, yeah. To have I it defended in proper great. matches every week. Because the, the minor... Champion, the minor title is in WWE. Really means fuck all day. The Intercontinental and the US title don't really mean anything. No, no, and and, and the twenty four seven title is just yeah. There I mean, to, that's just a, that's yeah. just there to, to a, yeah. for a, a running gag, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Nothing um, more. So something like the TV title could. I know they in the this weekend. There's been a um, the first NWA pay per view of the new era of NWA, and they're bringing back the the TV title for that but then as somebody said on the internet well how can you have a TV title if you're not actually on television because <laughs> it's well they're doing a TV yeah I mean they are yeah, yeah. yeah it is on, it's on, on YouTube so yeah, I mean good, good point somebody being sarcastic on the internet is... what on the internet somebody <laughs> being sarcastic yeah who would have I know. thought yeah. of such a yeah. thing it's the last place you'd assume someone would be sarcastic yeah, yeah. But... and that was I, again I didn't see it so but I've heard good reports about that and um, the Stu Bennett, the artist formerly known as Wade Barrett, has was gone commentating on the That's British. That's good. Taken over things. from the person that we said should shut his fucking mouth. 
a lot of the time. We did mention that on a previous episode about Jim Cornette. Needed to shut his fucking yeah, mouth. Yeah, but that's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Aaron was TV champion in 86. Um, and around about that time was when they first, this group of Tully, Ric Flair, Aaron Anderson, Ole Anderson, um, became known as the Four Horsemen. Aaron's fault. Yeah. So it was all down to a promo by Arm where he, um, I think he said that the damage that they were going to cause would be comparable to the damage caused by the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And then the name, the Four Horsemen, kind of stuck going forward from there. And there was a bunch of guys in the audience who used to dress in the sports coats and things like that, like the Four Horsemen were known for. Um... And when they used to come to the ring, these gentlemen who were paying homage used to give the sign of the four. <laughs> and that's, they picked it up from them. And that became... Well, that must have been the first group that... Because I don't ever remember in WWF, back in the days, you, you wouldn't see people in suits. Because people were generally dustmen or binmen <laughs> you wouldn't dustmen see dustmen and binmen are the same dustmen and binmen yeah. yeah and police officers and alligator hunters and back, back then they were there was, there was a lot less of that back when Vince Senior was uh, yeah but these guys look like proper they look badasses. like a, they look like the yeah. the jocks from school yeah um who've left school and had good jobs yeah. and, and are still bullying people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, his first TV title reign ended in 86 when he lost it to Dusty. Dusty. Dusty couldn't be out of the territory, wouldn't he? So, I mean, yeah. Whether it be U, US TV title or occasionally yeah. the so world So, he, he was holding the TV title and the tag titles at that time, but after losing the TV title to Dusty... They also lost the tag title to the Rock and Roll Express in a cage match at Starcade '86, yeah. which I seen for the first time recently. Like, yeah, it's you good. you forget it is good. Seeing those old Express were amazing. Now, yeah, how good they were. Yeah, for the time they were revolutionary. Because even though we just think they're mulleted gimps now, well, they're still going there. They the, um, again speak. Go back to that NWA pay per view. Yeah, they're on that. They're on that. They wrestled on that. I know they were on AEW recently. But they, they've kept the mullets. Oh, they look the same. I mean, they look the same. Ricky Morton still got the, same just the most hideous mullet. For, but, yeah. but people used to love that. But what? But, but look at the pair of them. What else are they going to do? What other haircut are they going to pull off? He tried when he was Richard Morton as part of... Um, Did he cut his hair when he was in, uh, in the York I Foundation? Think he, I think he cut it a bit. Did he? Yeah. But you look much. at those two blokes and you think, I don't know what else in the world they're ever going to be apart from wrestlers. Because they've got wrestler hair and they look like wrestlers and they've got probably 50 years almost worth of scars. And so these blokes aren't going to end up, you know, and they must be in their, what, 60s, 60s 70s? Yeah, yeah, so you're thinking, well, maybe get a job at B&Q, that kind of thing, or somewhere where... They employ senior citizens or just keep being wrestlers. I mean, I might tag them in this and maybe suggest. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd gonna end up in. Uh, I'm gonna end up in B and Q. Oh yeah, I mean, 
That's worse jobs, aren't they? I've got arrested in being In being curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I walked in, the bloke just went, do you want decking? And I managed to get the first punch in. Oh, God, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> if you're going to do jokes, try and give me a sign. <laughs> some warning. <laughs> some warning. Give me some warning if we're going to do a joke. Um, I, uh, yeah, apologies for that. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so they um, they lost that tag match at Starcade 86 in a cage and only took the pin. And from that, they kind of turned that into an angle where Oli, being... Considerably older than the rest of the gang. Yeah, miserable, yeah. old, boring, grumpy. But they 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 kind of work the angle that perfect was, for a face turn. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I know, which, which eventually <laughs> happened. But they they kind of led the you know the storyline that he was the weak link of the group, and they ended up turning on him. And then again, there was a few months then afterwards where he had a, a face run. Early Anderson, which didn't lead to much. Uh, it was a yeah. What happened with the four horsemen was part of an evolving double storyline, because they used getting Ole into the world's worst face. Yeah, and they replaced him with the technically gifted wizard <laughs> um, that is Lex Luger. But again, like you said, it is. Uh, but you're also. Like you said, like weird in WWF, going back in the mid two thousands or early two thousands when we had Evolution. I think um, listening to a certain barbecue salesman's podcast, these factions they were built to also you've got maybe two stars, but then you're also built. You're looking that who's going to be the the breakout stars from this faction. So with the Horsemen, you always have Flair. Flair was always going to be a horseman, but then you would bring a guy in, like with Lex or. But that was part of it. Not so much Early Anderson. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. They did the dirty on him. Yeah. And then he started tag teaming with Barry Windham, mm. and that sort of career, that storyline carried the yeah. where Barry Windham well, yeah. did the dirty on Lex. Yeah, and then so it kind of yeah, and then the and then horsemen. it again, was like an evolving thing. But I, there was some thought that's the thing. put into the bloody storyline, and it was sort of more long term rather yeah. than this week we'll have Rusev and his wife will be pregnant, <laughs> and next week yeah. um, there won't be a pregnancy and there'll be a restraining order, and then and it, it's all. Done in two weeks. Yeah. Well, I, suppose, I think we don't like to rant too much about the current, because if we did get started, we'd be ranting a lot. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think these days, it's just. It's not as thought out. Nobody, it just, they don't have to think. I mean, they're making billions. Who they're cares? Far less than they, they, they were. Yeah, but they're still at a point where it doesn't really. They need my fucking nine ninety nine <laughs> a month. They need it. It doesn't really. It doesn't really. Matter. Well, it's the end of the no pay per view. It's dead. They still might be doing it on yeah on the thing, but they actually it's not. This last we just come off of pay per view, isn't it? We've just come off of uh, the the most recent pay per view, which was we just TLC. we just finished watching TLC, and there was no matches announced about midway through last week. No, they they sort of left it, didn't they? But they said I know I, I've I've read that recently was, that somewhere was deliberate. That, but they said that when they have the people signing up to the network, the main time that people sign up is. Like the day of the pay per view, so they didn't need to book the people that watch TV. Watch TV. They didn't need to book. No one's book. No one's buying the 
or subscribing to the network. Yeah, they're not buying the pay-per-view because of the match. They're no, no, subscribing no. to the bloody so network. So they'll do it anyway. So yeah, you yeah. can announce the matches on the day of the the day of the pay-per-view and it doesn't make any difference. There's a little two-minute rant about how yeah, it's, it's not things really up, is it? But... No, but, yeah, but that, that, yeah. so that was what it said. But back in those days, there appeared to be long-term booking. Yeah. Where if you had a faction, the faction would serve a purpose... And there were, you would get people that would come out of that faction as being major stars. Um, and Lex Luger. And Lex Luger, yeah. So yeah, so when Oli left, we got kicked out. They um, they brought in Lex, Lex Luger, one of my favourites. Um, and then that was when Arn first started teaming with Tully. Yeah. Um, and they beat the Rock and Roll Express for the titles and at that point you had Iron and Tully were world tag team champions Luger was US champion and Flair was world champion so the horseman had the whole had all the belts much like the Undisputed Era much like the Undisputed Era but with them you can see I can see Adam Cole being a he's, star he's, he's the flair of the group yeah Roderick, Roderick Strong will put on a good match against anyone in the world ever but I think he, he 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 probably needs a bit he's, more of the he's personality. The, he's the Barry Windham of the yeah. group. Yeah, and the tag team were fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's surpassed in the in the levels of air guitar. You've got obviously you've got Van Hammer who played natural guitar. You've got no, Hogan. No, Van Hammer did not play <laughs> did he not? Okay. guitar. Well, no, Couldn't you've got Hogan you. doing the air guitar with the NWA title, and then there's two two people who could actually play guitars coming out on there it was J.D. Southern, yeah. who was in WCW. Elias, like, can Elias play guitar? Yeah, he can, can of, he? Yeah, it's very basic. Yeah. Or, or Max Payne. Yeah. Or Man Mountain Rock in the uh, yeah. WWF. But they could, both, they could both play properly. Yeah. Elias is quite rudimentary. Yeah. But your man from the Undisputed Era playing his... Playing his belt, Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would have down as yeah. their version of um, their version of the Enforcer, Aaron Anderson. Yeah, but they are amazing. I can't wait for them to be brought up onto the Raw SmackDown MV. I don't think the <laughs> time's right. I don't think the time's right. But now, it, if if as we're, we're led to believe that NXT is a separate brand and it is. The, hey, the so why is the yay brand at the moment? Yeah, so why move them? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so when Arn and Tully formed their team, won the titles again. It was a, a probably a, a classic era of tag team wrestling in w, in NWA at the time. So you had the Road Warriors, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express as well. Um, which what you're talking? That's four of the greatest tag teams in history. You had at the All time as well, um, Ricky Steamboat and Mark Youngblood. Yeah. Very, uh, and uh, a tag team blighted by the sudden drug-related death of Mark Youngblood. Was he any relation to Sidney Youngblood? Do you know who Sidney Youngblood is? Yes. If only I could, the 80s, 90s... Yes, nothing yeah. to do. No? Not no. even the same It's a song, isn't it? No, it's no. a good song. No, it is a good song. No, it's not a good it song. It's an awful song. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that. It is a good song. Um, but yeah, 
but yeah, that was a, a classic era of, of tag teams in NWA. Indeed. Um so later that year, Luger, as we alluded to earlier, he left the team with Barry Windham and then they went and beat Arn and Tully for the tag titles. And then shortly after that, Windham turned on Lex and Windham joined the horsemen. For my favourite. What? That was your favourite flair, Arn, Tully and Windham. Yeah, my favourite um, four horsemen. Oh. I mean, he's no Paul Roma, granted. No. He's no Mongo. No, yeah. He's I, no uh, Mongo but his briefcase. Yeah. Uh, but this was coming to the end of their, of Aaron and Tully's particular run with NWA. Um, they were coming to the end of their contract and they weren't, the story goes, you'll probably know more details about this than me, that they were pretty unhappy with what they were getting paid in, in comparison start of, to... Start of, start of the Jim Hurd. They had nothing for yeah. him. The start of the Jim Hurd thing was renegotiating... Contracts and decided to cut a lot of people, and they just thought, "Well, we're worth more than this. Mm. We're the world tag champions. We're part of the the stable in your company that pulls the people in. Um, I don't think we should be taking a a pay drop, which sounds no. pretty fucking reasonable to me." With the amount of people that left in that kind of era, we'll get to it later. But Flair left, Sid left, obviously Barry Brain Windham Buster left. left. Barry Windham left to become the Widowmaker. And the stalker. The nah, stalker. first time around. Was, was he the widow maker? Yeah, the yeah. stalker was a good... good oh, he, was, he was in and out within three yeah. or four months. So he was a so. face though, wasn't he, when he started? Yeah. I can, I'm not sure he can be a face. But I mean, this is back in the early 90s, so the stalker probably had a different context. 95, stalker. Yeah. He was still there, but, but now you the widow maker the, was 89 and yeah. 90. But you think of the stalker, you're thinking... If you're thinking, I'm a stalker, you're thinking... Well, you are. <laughs> yeah, but but that wouldn't be a, a face, that wouldn't be a character no, no, cheerful, would be, it? that would be That might be different in 95, and, yeah. But stalking out there is stalking prey. Is yeah, in he was in full combat gear and camouflage, wasn't he? Yeah. So I don't think if you were a stalker in this country, if you walked around in full combat gear and camouflage... If he was a stalker in this country, he'd be walking around yeah. in a Jane Dando t-shirt. Jill Dando. Jill Dando. <laughs> Jane Dando. Knew where she <laughs> She's still alive, Jane Jill. Dando. Probably. Do you um, know the, the Jill Dando song that Bristol City fans sing? The, what, Jan Dildo? <laughs> no, the Jill Dando song. I'll, I'll tell it to you off air, because we'll probably get, it, get some kind of... Uh, yeah, 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 we'll do that off air. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, so they were... Um, they left. They, they dropped the titles. They did the job for the Midnight Express and left for WWF not long after. So they dropped the titles in September of 88. And then by, again, this is a different, different time. But obviously back in those days, there probably wasn't a, no complete compete cause. Like, if that only came in when you had people defecting, like Luger who left WWF and showed up the next night on Raw. Back in those days, there was none of that. So you could, once you left, you could part free of, to... Part of the- part of how the territories worked yeah. as well so he it left in September of, it was the end of the territories and it was it would be back then it would have been oh yeah they're going for a bit yeah so he left NWA in September 88 and then a month after that they debuted in the WWE WWF as a Brainbusters, managed by Bobby Heenan and then the surprising thing was from a kind of Vince point of view they weren't given any gimmick 
I they they did discuss that. Yeah. With and he said, "Well, we're not going to change much." No, they came in as Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, they. No, we're not going to change much. We're not going to. We're going to pu- put you with um, Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Um, we're 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 going to call you the Brain Brainbusters because we need a trademark name, and they yeah. were fine with that. He said, "If you're not messing with the." With the formula, you're not yep. messing with our actual characters. Then you can call us what you like. And that was their finisher, the Brainbuster. It was the what, the spike pile spike, driver from the top right. Yeah, pile, spike um, So they made their pay per view debut. And I always like asking these questions in Survivor Series of November in '88 in a ridiculous ten-team tag team match. Yep. So I'll ask you this question now, Stephen Croom. Yes. Can you name the ten teams? Well, the two captains were Demolition and the Powers of Pain. Yes. Um, there was British Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation. Yes. There were the Brainbusters and the Conquistadors. Yes. Um, the Bolsheviks. Yes. And the last oh, one... There's one left. One yeah. left. Face team. It wasn't the Rougeau brothers. It wasn't the Rougeau brothers, no. Oh, oh no, actually, they, the Rougeau brothers, there's one team left after the Rougeau brothers. Ah, right. So ah. there, was one, there was two teams left, now there's one team left. They were faces. The Rougeau brothers were on the heel team, I think. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were on the, they were on the heel side pretending to be faces. Yeah, so the... the Put me out of my misery. So the heel team was Demolition at this point, the Brainbusters, the Bolsheviks, the Rougeaus... And the Conquistadors. So you had... What, three European nations in there. The Conquistadors were Spanish, weren't they? Mexican. Were they? Yeah. Sure. Um, obviously the Bolsheviks were Russian. Yeah. The Rougeaus were French-Canadian. Canadian, yeah. yeah. Um, so on the other side were the Powers of Pain. Got that, didn't you? Yep. The Bulldogs... The Rockers, the Heart Foundation, yes. and the Young Stallions. Young Stallions. Which was Rick Martel and Jim Powers. No, Paul, Paul Roma. Paul Roman. Who was Rick Martel and Jim Powers? What were they? It wasn't. No? Re- they never no. tagged up? Oh, okay. No, they didn't. All right. There so, was, there was um, the Can-Am Express, which was Tom Zenk and okay. Rick Martel. And there was Strike Force, which was Rick Martel we'll get to Strike and Force Chico in a Santana. So they had a few of the Rockers off the back of that. I think they eliminated the Hearts in that match and then they, they scrapped with the Rockers to a double DQ and then they led to a um, a quality match with the Rockers on one of the Saturday night's main events. That pay-per-view had um, Tully Blanchard at his finest yeah. in that match. He was an well, absolute the match. twat yeah. the whole way through. Absolute perfection. But again, again we could talk... We went back to that era in NWA about the classic tag teams that are around. You go through that, you've got the Powers of Pain. There's far more in the WWF at that point. Yeah, yeah. The Rockers, the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation, uh, Demolition, the Brainbusters, and I suppose the Rougeos. They, they were good. They were good. But the, the Bolsheviks, the Conquistadors, and the Young Stallions. Um, but and the, the Bolsheviks the, were good. And the, the Bolsheviks. Uh, the, the... Boris Zukov. Looks massive head. You get on well with him. <laughs> probably, if I drew my beard out, I think I would look like Boris Zukov. Yeah, I probably would. I'm probably as Russian as Boris Zukov. Oh, was the, he the, Russian? I think they were, weren't they? Were they yeah. not? 
Nikolai was, wasn't he? Nikolai was Lithuanian. Okay, right. But oh. the the underlying story through that entire match was yeah. the conquistadors lasting to the last yeah. two teams um, by sheer luck. <clears throat> we'll get to the next Survivor Series, was even more of a odd occurrence for who lasted to the end, but. Obviously, uh, so yeah, that few of the Rockers had a great match on Saturday night's main event of that year. Um, and in WrestleMania 89, they're, they're only WrestleMania. They beat Strikeforce. Five. And that was a match where Rick Martel turned heel on Chico Yeah. yeah. Um, they had a feud in the summer of 89 with Demolition. Another good match on Saturday night's main event. You just have some... Well, that was a that was a good vehicle, yeah. Because they they had NBC at the time, yeah, to further top line feuds. Yeah. So you had good matches because they wanted to highlight good matches. We used to get NBC. those in the in the in the UK. I think the first, I think the first WrestleMania I remember being available on like the, one of the pay movie channels was WrestleMania Six in the UK. I don't know if Five was ever available in the UK. But you get every now and again on a Saturday night, you would get um, on it like midnight or whatever, a random Saturday night's main event. I used to tape them, and it would be because you wouldn't see the, the what are usual in the UK in the in the eighties and the nineties. You would get kind of wrestling challenge on a yeah, Saturday yeah. morning, or Saturday afternoon. As well. Yeah, and it would be like um, squash, squash matches. matches. But then every now and again, they would never advertise. Because again, in those days, there was no internet. There was no... So you wouldn't ever be able to advertise it. Mm. And it would be very little adverts on the TV. And then you kind of check your listings on a Saturday night. And there would be a Saturday night's main event on. And you'd either try and stay up or you'd record it. And it would be like... I remember like Hogan against a genius or something like that. When Mr. Perfect was at ringside. and and the, But you would have some of these Saturday night's main events that were... And like as a kid really fucking exciting because there'd be two or three actual proper matches on there where normally what you would see you wouldn't see Hulk Hogan on normal no, no, TV no, he'd, he'd, he'd be defending the title on Saturday Night's Main Event possibly against somebody. do an interview yeah so they're definitely worth I mean in the later years they brought it back and it was shit but back in that late 80s early 90s period the Saturday Night's Main Events are some really really good matches on yeah um so yeah, and they they after that match with Demolition, they had a rematch, which I'm not sure. I think that might be on Saturday Night's main event as well, because I've seen it recently. It was with Demolition in a two out of threes falls match where they beat Demolition with a lot of interference from Heenan and Andre when Andre was part of the Heenan family then. It was a, it was a good match, but it was like interference running kind of central and. They won the title. So that was, they beat Demolition then. Demolition had been champions for 478 days at that point. <sighs> Turning heel in, did they turn, they must have turned face. They were face at that point, weren't they? Yeah. They were heel before. Um, SummerSlam 89, they beat the Heart Foundation. And then later on that year, they lost to Demolition. Lost the titles to Demolition. So the way it worked out, it a pretty sudden departure from the WWE. Well, they they sort of thought, well, we've had our run. We've done a bit. Um, we'll go back. They, well, they with, with, back with Tully. WCW, so apparently on the, the day of the Survivor Series 89, that's when 
I mean, the contracts must have been up roughly anyway. They were working on notice. They're straight after, but Tully failed a drug test on the day of the Survivor Series 89. Um, they'd also, I think their last actual match on TV was another Saturday night's main event where they lost and Heenum sort of fired them. It was a two out of three, two out of three fours match with the Rockers and Heenum fired them after, I think he was ejected like after one of the fours and then he fired them from backstage. But in reality, that was, I think that was filmed before the Survivor Series, but shown after. Like, you, these Saturday Night's main events will be filmed yeah, yeah. weeks in advance. So on the Survivor Series, completely, it was not mentioned at all why Tully wasn't in the match. So they the match started, and for some reason, Bobby Heenan was resting in the match. In his, He must have been in his, what, 50s by that point. Yeah. Uh, there was no mention of why Tully wasn't in the match. Nobody said anything. No, they weren't very good at that explaining. No, it just, just, back then, just they kind just of, did, didn't they? But Heenan, to the last two in the match, was um, Heenan and, and the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> so, but, it, it, like you said, in the previous Survivor Series, when they made their debut, that was a match where Tully shot on, where this match, it was, I think it got down to Aaron and Bobby Heenan against four, three or four other guys. But Aaron basically stole the show, wrestled brilliantly. I think the Warrior eliminated Aaron and then obviously eliminated Heenan. But that whole match was, obviously the Warrior was probably the, the biggest star because he was being pushed at the yeah. time. But watching the match, about you, all you get is that Aaron Anderson was fucking incredible. Um, and that was the last they were seen of as active wrestlers in the WWF. Um and again, like we said earlier, with the with the, with the lack of no complete no compete causes, that was November eighty nine, and by December eighty nine, he was back in WCW, and they tried to. I think they were. They negotiated a contract. Yeah. To go back in a decent contract for both of them. Mm. For whatever reason, Jim Hurd decided to uphold the suspension for drug failure. Yeah. From another company, yeah, for Tully, yeah, in his company for Tully, and then withdrew his contract. Yeah, he used that time to say, "Well, you need to work somewhere, don't you, Aaron? I'll give you less money to." And, and yeah. Aaron was pretty much stiffed into accepting that contract because he had to earn a living. And I think the story goes that they offered Tully a greatly reduced rate to come back in, not long after. And he said, well... No, I'm worth more than that. Yeah. But it was technically the end of his career. Well, that was it, yeah. And again, what, what a waste, mm. really. Because he must have been, what, in late 30s? Still. He's still probably. in his prime. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he wasn't really... Well, I don't... I don't remember him seeing him at all until when he reappeared in AEW recently. He appeared in a match um nineteen ninety four. Five Slamboree had a match on that. What, in WCW? Yeah. Well, Tony Blanchard did. Yeah. Did he? Check it out. Okay. This is, might be similar to Jerry yeah. Stubbs and the. But that was that was around the time <laughs> okay. when they were going to get the Horsemen back together, and in the, in the end, it turned out to be Paul Roma instead. But right, because he again they tried to stiff him on money, and he just went, "I'm not turning up." Oh, okay. So he didn't actually appear. 
Yeah, he appeared. He appeared, That slambery thing, but they were going to get him in the Forceman again, yeah. and then they offered him, like, 9p. Yeah. <coughs> to which he said, no, thank you, yeah. mate. Yeah, none. But it's a shame. Although his daughter's doing very well now. Yeah, yeah. She's going to be... Well, obviously, at the moment, she's heading into a match where she may well become the TNA World Champion. Yeah, against Brian Cage, isn't it? No, against um, Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. I still keep abreast of TNA. It's another, another. Uh, <coughs> I like Sammy another, Callahan. Another person that you look like. <laughs> Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I like Sammy, so I'll take that. Um, you little. Boy he's a proper, proper Sorry. heel, Sammy Callahan. Um, but then after she's done that, if she does do that, then she's destined to be. She'll either come to. WWE or AEW. So, um, so yeah, so that's yeah. So, but <clears throat> so when he when Arn came back to the horse uh, to the uh, NWA WCW, he uh, he reformed the Horseman. Got his TV title back by beating Tom Zenk. The mighty. Tom the mighty Zink. Tom Zenk, and he held it for an entire year before dropping it to. Somebody else. Tom Zink. Yeah. And then he went it again. There's a pattern appearing now. And he lost it to Bobby Eaton. Yeah, beautiful Bobby. Um, and at that point, again, this was not long after. I think it was still in the Jim Hurd era, probably. It was. That was Flair after, and Sid. after Stan Lane and Jim Cornette said, I'm not, we're, we're leaving, we think you're a dick. Yeah. Um, but Bobby, they offered Bobby a good yeah. contract and Bobby just went, oh, I'm going to have to yeah. take that. And, and Flair and Sid, the other members of the Horsemen at that point, they they both left to WWE. Yeah. So he went back to being a, a tag team wrestling, uh, wrestler. And um, he formed the... Enforcers with Larry Zabisco. Larry the Crunchers. Again, a bloke I can honestly choice. say I don't know, I've ever seen a Larry Zabisco match ever. Um, natural Heat Magnet. Um, he was a. Did he beat Bruno Sammartino? He was, was a, a. He was a protege of Bruno Sammartino, and then turned on him. I'm going for a wee a minute. So the the feud had a blowout at um, Madison Square Gardens in a famous cage match. Um, And basically, I think he left. It was like a loser leaves a WWF match at the time. Um, and Larry Zabisco lost that one, ended up going to the AWA um, and ended up marrying Vern Gagne's daughter. Um, and strangely enough, keeping it in the family, uh, Larry Zabisco was the last... AWA World Heavyweight Champion before they folded in late 90. He then went to WCW um, after having a couple of runs in there previously. He was the Western Heritage States Champion um, before going on to the AWA and then he went back to NWA um, to team with Aaron Anderson and they became the WCW World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions um, and ended up in the stable of the Dangerous Alliance with Paul Heyman as Paulie Dangerously with Rick Rude 
Stunning Steve Austin. <coughs> uh, Medusa. And Brian Pillman, I think, wasn't it? No? Nah, Very I've just, just come out. I've got a cabbage cream egg with me. Oh, so, it must uh, be Easter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So yeah, so he was in the, the Dangerous Alliance with Paul Heyman and Medusa and... <laughs> we did, said that. He just said that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I couldn't quite hear you. I, was, I had quite a strong piss, so it was, it was quite loud. Um, so in, in 93, Flair came back from his brief run in WWF. Where he changed the landscape. Well, there we are. And he had his haircut as well. Um... And when he re returned, he reformed the Horseman. Yeah. Without using the name Spartacus, strangely enough. Yeah. And that was a pretty ropey incarnation. It was Flair, Paul Roma, your man, who we mentioned in the last podcast. The, well, I, I think it'll probably... There won't be many words spoken about Paul Roma's career, will there, really? No. But, I'd say the best part of Paul Roma's career is probably the, the power and glory. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. We had a good run with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And he, but he uh, was a shit horseman. Yeah. Sorry. It was Flair. <laughs> no, lovely Cabin's Cream Egg. Flair, Paul Roma, Ole and R. Anderson. Not the best, is it? No. No. Not really, no. Uh, but Arn and Paul Roma won the WCW tag titles. So there's that. Um, then I think Flair was on and off with WCW at the time. So he ended up going back and reforming the stud stable with Colonel Robert Parker. His gimmick was a curve sort of... Colonel Sanders. Yeah, like a white plantation owner. Yeah, yeah. Which went down well, especially when he used to manage uh, Harlem Heat. Yeah, yeah, that was an odd pair, wasn't it? <laughs> but at Stud Stable, Colonel Parker was um, Arn Anderson, Terry Funk, Bunkhouse Buck, I Jim don't know. Golden. Uh, Steve Austin and Meng. Not a bad stable. But Meng left to join the... Um, Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom, not that <laughs> Which is a shit stable. We'll do it. We'll do a, we must do an episode on Dungeon of Doom. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. We'll do a whole one just on the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Any, any, any reason to mention Giant Haystacks in the episode? Beautiful. Got to be done. No, he wasn't Giant Haystacks though, was he? It was Loch Ness, wasn't he? Yeah, Loch Ness monster. He died not long after that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. Died in the ring and then died actually. Well, what? I mean, what on earth? Well, this is early Bischoff era, wasn't it? Ninety four, ninety five, yeah. when he had the um, the Dungeon of Doom. But in ninety four, ninety five, if you were in charge of a major wrestling company, why the fuck if you had an open checkbook, basically, would you book giant haystacks in America? I have no idea how that came around, and I'm not even going to dwell on it. It was just one of those freak... Because I remember John Haystacks back in the 80s. Half-time half time in the FA Cup final yeah. on on World of Sport. You go to him versus Big Dan yeah. running at each other. Yeah. Fat, fucking useless. And, and then he looked like, well, 
what he was, which was a you know a big fucker, a morbidly obese, bearded yeah. man. They turn up in fucking A and E all the time these days. Yeah, yeah. But it never put never at that point did I think, well, we need to book him with Hulk Hogan. He's the credible. <laughs> Ten years. He's the credible actor yeah. that we need on our roster. Yeah. But yeah, we'll do the Dungeon of Doom. And they had a feud with the at that at that point it was Dustin and Dusty were both in WCW the natural, Dustin Rhodes. He was good. Getting his first kind of um well, no, his first run was in WWE. I remember that, yeah. But when Diviossi busted him open, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He bled, but he's got one of those heads, and he? he looks like he's always. Well. He's it's his father's son. It's a, he didn't inherit that from his old man. Uh, <clears throat> so, his last TV title run, he beat Johnny B. Bad in 95. Awful, another awful wrestler. Johnny B. Bad. We're actually. We're, our, Twitter pages um, we're friends with Mark Mara are we mm. I don't know that so so yeah well Mark Mara's best story is that obviously he was going out with he's married to Sable wasn't he indeed and then he found out that I think they split up and he was Sable was having it off with uh, Brock Lesnar and he was I think he said like well my first instinct was to find the bloke that my missus is having off with and do him in. <laughs> and then he found out it was Brock Lesnar and he thought, oh, I thought, you know, he thought better of it. <laughs> as, you, as you would with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He think, yeah, well, if he's, yeah, I mean, fair enough. If he wants to then, yeah, I think we'd all probably be in that position if, if Brock decided to. He's a motivational speaker now, isn't he? Oh, Brock. No, not Brock. He, he couldn't motivate a fucking pee. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why we've we been friends on on Twitter. That's a Mark Mara. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's a teacher. He's a teacher in America. Bless him. Yeah. Something good came of him then. Yeah, because his wrestling career was pretty, yeah. Uh, pretty ropey. When he moved to... I think that was the thing. That was right, another... It just... I didn't like the character. It's on just... one of his other podcasts, when um, but I'm glad he's doing all the one which now, Bischoff he does, he detailed when he left WCW to go to WWE. I think he complained how he's being booked in WCW, and Vince said to him that he could make it him. It all a... went downhill when he went to WWE. Yeah, but apparently Vince said to him that he could make him a champion, and Bischoff said, "Well, go for it, mate. If you think he's going to do that." Then he didn't, obviously. <laughs> but that's why he left. And Bischoff was like, "Well, yeah, go, mate. If you, yeah, if he's promising that to you, then because you're not going to do that here." So well, at least he was honest with him. Well, and, and the only way he ever got over in WWF was because of his wife. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? So different times. Sad times, brother. Sad times. Um. And who did he lose that TV title to? Tom Zink. No, I'll oh, give you a clue, right. he's dead. What, Tom Zink's dead? No, is he, I know, he might be, I don't know. No, probably not. No, he wasn't at the time of this recording. Brian Pillman. No. Who else is dead? Um, <laughs> Davy Boy Smith. No. Andre the Giant. No. <laughs> Just clutching the straws Yeah. Now. Who else is dead? I have to fucking lost. My favourite pastime is yeah. watching old WWF You've mentioned this in the previous go podcast. dead, yeah. live, dead, yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, so I've got a lot to choose from. Who's that? Owen Hart. No. Well, I think in nineteen ninety five, WCW, it's a TV title, so it's going to be a 
lower sort of mid-card person. So I'm not going to notice that they're dead or not. It was a renegade. Oh, that fucking twat. Sad how we went. Oh, he killed himself. I think, I think like... the wrestling industry played a big part in yeah. his depression. So from that side of things, I don't wish that on anybody. Um, well, the renegade's gimmick was he was the like an Ultimate Warrior knockoff, wasn't he? Well, they built him up as um, the Ultimate Warrior is coming in. The Ultimate Warrior having there. He's the renegade. He's the warrior, and it's like. People were expecting the Ultimate Warrior and they got this cheap knockoff. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't his fault. And then eventually he got the Ultimate Warrior, who was probably worse than <laughs> he was worse than the Renegade. And they didn't the, to be honest, they didn't take much care of him. Um, because it was around that time that all those his mental health problems and depression yeah. started and they didn't Yeah. They 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 fucked up big well, I think time. everyone's gone on record from that point and they, they've always said that yeah, it was but it was in that era, wasn't it, where people were dying on a, that, the late 90s, early 2000s. It's a, it's a fearsome, it's a fearsome death toll of, yeah. of, of wrestlers from that generation. It really, yeah. But they, wrestlers as massive rock stars was still a novelty mm. when all those people were coming through. They were encouraged to do steroids and they weren't looked after if they had depression or any mental health problems because they couldn't cope with the stardom yeah. or cope with the stress of the schedule. There's very little paid. And I think, love him or hate him, that um, Vince McMahon and the WWE's wellness programme has, has saved a lot of people. Yeah, it's... Too little too late, in my opinion. Well, yeah. I, th- I think... I think they have learned from their mistakes to a degree, but people like the Renegade are not here because of the wrestling business. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it's a sad indictment which on... Is a sad, which is a tragedy on a human yeah. basis, isn't it? I mean, we've done... Well, this is our fourth episode. And we've done a... Yeah, we've done... And we've done a big boss man one. Yeah, that's that's coming next week. So it's five then. It's, so it's five. Four, it's but five. this is number four though. This is coming out before the big boss man one. Oh, right. Well, you, I'm only 50% <laughs> of this fucking Behind the, behind the who curtain. Knows, who knows yeah. about the fucking scheduling? The fourth Not wall, me, the obviously. Four, the fourth wall's been uh, removed. But like we've done... I'll fucking remove your fourth wall if you don't keep me in... Out of the the what the the the, loop. the five episodes we've done, two of those blokes are dead. In Hercules and Honky Tonk. No, 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 they're not. One of them's dead, aren't they? Bossman. Bossman. Bossman's dead. dead as well. Yeah. Was, you'll, you'll hear about that next uh, week. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. I, if anyone's not aware that big Bossman's dead, but but yeah, but I'll be out. And again, the, as we go through, there's yeah, but that's that's a topic for another day. Um, so we had a small feud, tease kind of feud with Flair, which eventually led to the Horsemen reforming. And at that point, it was a, what I would say is a, a good incarnation of the Horsemen, which was F- Flair, Arn, Benoit and Pullman. Yeah. Which is probably the last great kind of Horsemen. That didn't last very long because Pullman was off doing... Mental, ECW and, and going which bonkers, is a fucking yeah. absolute blast. And again, he was what he was only three years till he was dead. Yeah. So, 
Um, Benoit was only a and the irony four is, years away from killing yep. everybody in his reach. And the irony is that Ric Flair looked like an old man. Actually, he probably should have died in a plane crash, but he broke his fucking neck. And he's still, he's still alive now. And he's, he should have died multiple times in the last few years. he almost did die multiple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still alive. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he? So 97, he announced his retirement on TV, uh, leading to an angle where he was trying to get Kurt Henning to join the horseman. He legitimately had to retire yeah. due to stenos- spinal stenosis. Yeah. Um, he'd lost feeling in his left arm, um, nerve damage and partial paralysis of his left arm. Um, and it was... He probably should have retired before that. Um, but it was the same scenario as people like Edge. Yeah. Or Sting, more recently, that had the the Stinger injury. Um, and they decided, well, I think I need to go out before mm. there's permanent damage. Unfortunately, yeah. with Arn Anderson, he got out after there was permanent damage. Yeah. Um, which is a, a shame, and you should only remember Arn for the matches before all that um, because it was sort of sad the last bit they just sort of came out it's a powerful promo don't get yeah, me wrong it's yeah. a fucking amazing promo but the fact that the the man couldn't lift his left arm yeah is a, a testament to how well again he how wrestlers of that era were not looked after well no but like you say so he announced his retirement on in 1997 he's still was there in an out and wrestling matches, and his last actual match was in two thousand, when he teamed up with Ric Flair to beat the uh, legendary tag team of David Flair and Crowbar. Amazing! Wow, that little mini feud with Ric Flair yeah. led to the one and only match with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Which Rick was gracious enough to put Arn over. Yeah. That's how much Ric Flair thought of him. That he's not tried to do the Hulk Hogan and oh, the Ultimate Warrior beat me. I'm going to get my revenge thing. They had one match. Yeah. Rick put him over, and that was it. That was fine. That's, but that was that the thing, though. Testament that was, to their well, friendship. But then we, when we go back to the old territory system, Flair put everyone over in the territories. He'd lose to somebody in a non-title match, or he'd make somebody. That was it. Flair. Flair would make everybody wrestle. Like, that's what you always say. Ric Flair could wrestle a broomstick and have, a, have an amazing match. He could put him over, make him look like a million dollars. He'd still win. Or it would lead to a... It would lead to, like, like in the old territory system, so they'd go and they'd have a match with somebody in their local town. It was like the, the up-and-coming sort of built-up contender. But he... And he'd be, maybe lose by DQ or... He'd be too given, was the, yeah. the common complaint. He'd go out and have matches with people like George South, yeah. who's a renowned, for want of a better phrase, enhancement talent stroke jobber. Yeah. He'd give him a lot of offence. Yeah. Put him over to the point where George South looked like a million dollars. Yeah. And why would you put over? Yeah, but it's for the good of the. A, 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 if, a, if, a, if a you, jobber. Yeah. But that was how Rick. 
but that's the thing. Though, if, he had a lot of respect for George South, so he was going to sell for him. But if that means that the next match him and George South have, he didn't have loads of no, no, no but just a, but like yeah, the, but but if it means that, that he liked George South and he yeah. felt as though he needed to, but if he's getting a cut from the ticket sales of the rematch with no, him and George South, he wouldn't have been his enhancement talent. Yeah, no, but if Flair was if Flair was getting a, a a a cut of the ticket sales on the next match, so if Flair goes out with a jobber, makes him like a million dollars, and maybe even loses to him. Next match, people are no, going to come and no, see. No psychology in, in making a jobber look. No, but that was that was that was always again in, in most of Flair's. Why, why why would that would actually lower Flair? Because you. Yeah, but Flair would ultimately. Last week, last week Meng had had beaten this guy in thirty seconds. Yeah, and and in that Flair kind of, yeah. making him. But I'm thinking more of the the. I'm like, not thinking more of the off the off TV stuff. Where you go he to a town, yeah. you go to a town and you fight the the local guy, and he might beat you in a non-title match, and look like a star, and then you go back a month later, wrestle him in a title match, and there's twice the crowd there, and then you beat him because you're Ric Flair. Then, and again, I imagine Ric Flair's taking the cut of the the the, the gate receipts, that kind of thing. It makes sense. It's for the good of the business. Squash matches don't. Really, I mean, squash matches have got a place. If it's squash matches if on it's, telly, you make him look like a million dollars, and that's yeah. not that's not well, no, but that was just match. but Ric Flair, he didn't look like a guy that could squash people, did he? Shawn Michaels wouldn't squash people because he doesn't look like See, yeah, not all American wrestling, well, wrestling challenge back. Well, yeah, day. yeah, yeah, he'd be squashing all those cunts, but he? not, but not like a fucking Braun Strowman squash match where he just throws no, people no, no. around Braun Strowman's a fucking massive lummox but that's what you say like these guys that are smaller guys they might have inferior squash matches but they'll because there's nothing there's very little to be gained unless you're again now you have Braun Strowman or a um, but that was what was back in the day I think you, you you're applying later logic to yeah, what I'm saying, a scenario back in the day was, was better squash where, matches were squash matches and yeah. that was what you did you went in there yeah. to showcase the talents of your main guys um, or the guys you wanted to push and yeah. people would be they get limited offence in and you flow, yeah. throw a few flashy moves and get your finisher over my, what my original point was when you said that Iron uh, with the flare was good enough to put Iron over but I think. F- do you know what point you were trying to make? I do, yeah, yeah. Okay. What I was I, saying was it would flare. Articulate it then. Flair would put people over. I'm saying he's too generous with a lot of the. He may well have been. Travel. He may well have been. But again, he was brought up in that era in the territories, where you would, you put people over if it led to a, a bigger match. Yeah, he knew it wasn't going to. That in that case, no, in that case time. it wouldn't. He probably did that out of. Yeah, respect for George Scythe and people like that. Well, no, but that one instance, he did that out of respect for, for Iron. Yeah, yeah, totally. Putting that over. Totally, and there but was no generally... comeback. It was like, I don't want to do you on a pay-per-view or anything. I'll lose to yeah. you on Saturday night. On yeah. WCW Saturday night. Yeah. I'll do you on a pay-per-view. It was like, I'm putting you over on Yeah. It didn't need no to say anything. You are not the matter. You're winning. That was testament to their friendship, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think we're agreeing with each other, really. On that point, yeah, 
I mean, disagreeing on other slight points yeah. about enhancement talent. Yeah, but I think I was right. So. No, you weren't right. But you were absolutely, completely wrong because I lived through that. Yeah, and you were about four. Well, there we are. So he uh, another f- he was after WWF bought out WCW when Vince. The scheming Shane McMahon buying it yeah. out from his fa- under his father's nose. No less. Just before WrestleMania as well. Dag nabbit. Yeah. But the first match on... The first WCW match on WWE... Booker T versus... Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell with Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson Anderson commentating. commentating. And Arn Anderson is not a commentator. No. And that's stank the fucking house out by a million miles that match. So... But it, it sort of confirmed what we all thought all along... That Buff Bagwell is a cunt. Well, yes, I can't confirm or deny that, but but it was a bit of a shame that, that was the first. I but the whole that whole invasion thing again. That's a, that's a topic. We for another were spared time. a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Yeah, but again, we're getting worse. Probably as bad as that now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Yeah, so and that was it really. He, became, he joined uh, backstage as a producer, backstage. Um, and yeah. only recently left as a producer and has turned up on All Petite Wrestling. I think he's, um, he does a producer's job there and turned up in one of the pay-per-view when, I think it was Cody versus Sean Spears. And Cody versus some tiny, tiny wrestler. Sean Spears was managed by Tully and then Arn came out and got involved in that match. It, it was literally a spinebuster and then gone. Yeah, but he's about fucking 70, so I mean... No, 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 but I, I yeah. guess the logic of just having him doing... Why wasn't he out there from the start? It, it, it would have been a natural selling point of... It's Tully in one corner it? and Aaron in the other corner. But that was obvious then, isn't it? Because when he came out, you're thinking, well, what's he going to... Is he, is he come out to... Yeah, and then he went. Is and he he's not been seen his mate? So no, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be seen since. Right. What's your most... Exciting fact about Blackburn. Why are we going on Blackburn? Why? 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 Well, I just that's just a random. They beat City two 0 on on. They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and why, won, why have we brought up Blackburn? They won the Premier League. Well, in Hello. Right. So we kind of ran out of space when we were recording this episode. We witted too much. There was a very, very, very long story about how Aaron got stabbed in Blackburn by Sid. He lost lots of blood and they had a fight in the hotel room and Too Cold Scorpio was so fucking high on drugs that he managed to save their lives. Yay, Scorp! Yes, for people being on drugs. Um, So we had to cut that bit out, but we're just adding this little bit on now to say what we'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Well, Andy would. I, I... Don't generally do Christmas. No, um, so well, Steve. Um, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for downloading our podcast. If you, you know, if you can give us any feedback, you can get us at Bang Bang Podcast on Twitter. If you'd like to give us a five star rating or a four star rating or even a three star rating on. You're free to give us whatever rating you want because this is the way we... We're not Boris Johnson. No. And we're not cunts. No. No. Well, the first bit, I I can't dispute. The second bit is up for debate. Um, 
yeah, so get in touch with us at Bang Bang Podcast. Bang 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 Podcast. Um, send us a review. If, you, if you'd like to suggest people for us to cover in the future, you can do that. That'd be cool. Um, um, if you don't like the podcast, just don't listen. We're not going to stop doing it because we're actually having a laugh. We do enjoy it, yeah. I mean, we're quite old and stuff. And we need someone to fill the void. Yeah. That yeah. Our virile teenage bodies have lost many many years ago yeah yeah um but yeah that's it that's that's the end uh merry christmas to you all we'll be back next week with an episode about the big boss man and (laughs) a little spoiler we recorded this episode about three times before we actually released it (laughs) so that's why it was quite well rehearsed next week and and if you think that's Still a shambles, then <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's we, as good as it's gonna get. Is, yeah, we're 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 a shambles. But next episode is about practiced we've been, yeah, and it's still a shambles. We both love the big boss man. Next week's episode yeah. is fucking brilliant. So we shall say next week, have a Merry Christmas and a good new year, and we'll see you in 2020. As Spinal Tap say, have a good time all the time. All the best. Happy lights. Bye.